the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello from a room in Ohio. This is No Buts About It. Today is October 5th. It is very warm and sunny. I was wearing a tie with a button-up and jeans because I had seen your photos today. That was really hot, um, but got out of that. We're in a comfortable t-shirt and some basketball shorts. Gonna go work out later, so let. but first let's get into it. Uh, I like to always start off the show as of the last show with a can popping open because I'm usually drinking something. And I'm going to be drinking something, but it's just going to be a Gatorade. I don't know if you can hear that, but I, I did try to play it up to the mic anyway. So let's, let's talk football. Monday night, we saw the San Francisco 49ers take on the Super Bowl champion LA Rams. And I think I took the Rams on Monday, but I said that the 49ers had a redemption arc. I talked about how uh, it was going to be Kyle Shanahan against the man he'd mentored, Sean McVay. Um, I talked about how Jimmy G needed to prove himself as a starter, especially after that fiasco that was Sunday Night Football where both quarterbacks looked bad. And... uh I needed uh, the 49ers needed to show that the NFC Championship was a fluke, and that they are still the better team, even though the Rams have kind of formed a super team. So, what do we have? We have the 49ers winning pretty handily too. Like it wasn't really even a close game. I made my friends watch the second half, and I don't feel bad for it because football is football. Um, they wanted to play Madden, which I guess is still technically football, but I wanted to watch the game. We watched the entire second half um, all the way through. The Jimmy G looked a lot better. Uh, Debo killed for the 49ers. He broke three tackles. I'm pretty sure one of, one of them was Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Debo said it didn't even really register that it was Jalen Ramsey until he saw him like kind of backpedaling, and then he just took off touchdown, which is great because Debo was on my fantasy team. I needed him to score a ton of points for me to win. He scored a ton of points, and we still won. The Rams looked terrible. Like, hor- like not a Super Bowl team. Uh, I don't know if it's the lack of Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line since he retired, if OBJ not being with the team anymore is hurting him. But the only thing that really looked consistent was Cooper Cup. I didn't really see Cam Akers do anything too promising to help him earn his starting position back. 
Cooper Cup had 10 or 11 receptions, uh, season high. Had a great night. He had a few more yards than Debo, but just this did not look like the uh, Rams that we saw in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford kept getting sacked. It looked like the Bengals O-line from last year was out there trying to protect Matthew Stafford. But 49ers redeemed themselves, definitely made themselves a contender. Some people say they're one of the better teams in the NFC. Perhaps they're an underdog. Maybe Jimmy G will somehow get them to a Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers have been struggling. They were supposed to be the super team in the NFC. The Packers are pretty much out of it. Um, it seems right now, at least, unless one of the wide receivers becomes uh, the new Devontae Adams. But maybe the 49ers and the Eagles will be in the NFC Championship, and the 49ers will be able to beat the Eagles. We'll just have to see. That's a few months away. Things can happen. Injuries happen. But the 49ers could be that underdog team right now. Um, did not expect them to win. Let's move on to Thursday Night Football. What we're expected to see tomorrow is probably the worst game in primetime uh, of the season, if I'm being honest, because the Colts are going to be without Jonathan Taylor and most of the... Now, this, originally, this looked like a fantastic game because the Colts were going to have Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Russell Wilson was going to be with the Broncos, with Javante Williams. We're like, okay, two... S- elite quarterbacks that for sure hall of famer and wilson one people kind of still have on the outside but he's like kind of walking in the park across the street from the hall of fame that's matt ryan thought this was going to be a good uh game here well here's the thing indianapolis doesn't have jonathan taylor he's going to be gone Uh, most of the colts defense is also injured including shaq leonard that outside linebacker who is just a stud when he's on the field but he just hasn't been out there, and the defense has, has been hurting for it. Um, but they're not the only ones that are banged up. The Broncos have less injuries, but Javante Williams is out. He's done. He tore his ACL, his MCL, his LCL, his all of his things, it seemed. like I keep seeing reports where they're adding stuff, where they're like, yes, he tore his ACL and this, but he also tore this, this, and this. Anyway, his legs are bad. His things are, everything's being torn. If you could tear it in your leg, Javante Williams tore it, which is sad to see. He's a second-year running back. Dude's a stud. He's been the workhorse for the Broncos, and uh, just he's going to be out for the season, so the Broncos are going to have to figure that one out. They still have Melvin Gordon, but he was also limited practice, and he's a bit older. So I don't know if he'll be able to play on Thursday or not. We shall see. I assume he will, um, especially with Williams out. Russell Wilson, been struggling. We talked about this on Monday. Geno Smith has the better records between the two uh, Seattle quarterbacks right now. Uh, well, Russell Wilson, ex-Seattle quarterback, but he's been Geno Smith has been playing better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is coming off of that Sunday night football game against the 49ers that they did win, but it was a close game. And really, that was just a defensive battle. It was just a sad game to watch if you're a fan of quarterbacks in general. But Russell Wilson's coming off of that. Jimmy G looked a lot better. We'll see if Russell Wilson follows that same pattern. Uh, Right now, he's probably the most memed quarterback in the NFL because he said that whole, like, Broncos country, let's ride thing, like, over and over. And he's not done great. They're 2-2. 
Um, but their wins were kind of like you didn't really. You ever watch a game of anything and both teams just played so bad and the team that won it, you're just like, okay, you guys didn't really win. You just were the least bad team out there. Yeah, that's kind of how uh, the Broncos' wins have come about. They just lost to the 0-3 and three, uh, Raiders as well, so they're coming off of that. So we've got to ask ourselves, and Matt Ryan's been struggling too. This isn't just a Russell Wilson thing with the quarterback side. Both of these quarterbacks have been struggling. So the question that is going to be asked is, can either of these quarterbacks win without their running backs? Like, how are you going to win this game? Because this game was supposed to be all about the quarterbacks in a good way. We were supposed to see two elite quarterbacks going at it on good teams. These, This is going to be a great primetime showdown between the two horse teams, the Colts and the Broncos. And now I'm not even really that excited to watch it, but I will. I'm going to. Uh, it's football. We're going to love it. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe someone's just going to go crazy out there, breakout star. That's what I hope to see. That's what we always hope to see. See a young kid from a small town uh, get the chance in the NFL and just break out. We would love to see that, but uh, these quarterbacks have been causing me physical pain lately, so uh, we'll see if it's any better. And don't get it twisted. Both of these guys would throw like 10,000 yards on you in any pickup game if you had anyone who could catch at all. Uh, I'm not saying these guys are bad football players. They're phenomenal football players. They're bad NFL players right now, as the stats show it, based on what we've seen. Russell Wilson is a phenomenal football player. Same with Matty Ice. Both of them have been to the Super Bowl. Russ has won some Super Bowls. Uh, both are great quarterbacks. Just concerned with where they're at in the NFL right now. Um, Got to always look at it through that NFL lens, but also recognize that, like, hey, they would murder me in a game of football if we were playing against each other. So, let's. that's it for Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football. I want to get to the analytics because um, it's supposed to be more of an analytics episode like I talked about. That's why we created the Wednesday episode. So we're going to spend about 15 minutes on analytics at the end. But let's get into some stories here. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady is one of the stories. But let's first talk about Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, uh, he was a free agent, last played for the Bills before signing with the Buccaneers for two games against the Packers and the Chiefs. And uh, he... He signed with the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, he signed with the Buccaneers. And that deal was allegedly done kind of by Brady contacting him on Instagram and saying, hey, Mike Evans is gone, Chris Godwin's injured, can you come play for me? And so people were thinking, okay, yeah, he's trying to add depth. No, that's not what happened. Cole Beasley is retiring. He's played his two games. He got his Tom Brady catch. He can tell people, hey, I've caught a ball from Tom Brady, um, and that's that's it. I think he got like five yards too. So that's his thing. He's retiring. His agent said that he wants to be a full-time father, full-time family man, full-time husband, all that stuff. So that's good stuff. We love to hear it. 
Cole Beasley's been in the league for 11 years, so definitely has had a long career. Um, played on some great teams. And uh, we wish him the best. Hope he's doing well. And I hope he continues to do well. I hope his family is doing well. I don't know how old his kids are, but hopefully uh, he gets to spend more time with them now because that's kind of what it's all about with being a father, I'd imagine. I'm not, I'm not a father, but like that's kind of what I've heard it's about. So big story. The big story, the big kahuna is, and we've talked about it before, and I said we weren't going to talk about it a lot on the show, and we're not going to we're not going to talk about it a lot but what we are going to say is we're going to acknowledge it but we're just going to acknowledge it and move on tom brady and giselle his wife who is a supermodel are getting a divorce that is the rumors they've hired divorce law hired divorce i can't say the word they have hired divorce lawyers and uh marriage is splitting up of course everyone is kind of speculating as to why a lot of it kind of comes down to he, she wanted him to retire. He did retire for 40 days, and then he came back, and he's playing. It's kind of maybe been in his head a little bit because he ha- this isn't the Tom Brady we've seen. There are two options here. Either it's been in his head, and Tom has been too worried about that to focus on football, or age is finally caught up with him. Uh, those are both two reasonable things i think i mean i'd imagine if i was getting a divorce it would be in my head and i probably wouldn't play my best football either and that's completely understandable but it's official now tom brady and giselle getting a divorce the marriage is over it's sad to hear um hopefully the kids can uh they're not too hurt by this hopefully they're able to still have remain friends for the kids um definitely not a great situation overall but gotta mention it um i believe we spent less than two minutes on it so that's all we're gonna do now it's time for the analytics the debate the great uh whatever you want to call it and i said we were gonna this is two a week we're talking about Tua all week for some reason it keeps getting brought up and stuff But I said we were going to talk about Tyreek Hill's comments before the season started about uh, Tua being more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. And that's what we are going to do. So, to clarify, because everyone took this out of context and made it sound like Tyreek was saying Tua was the better quarterback overall. It's not at all what he said. He said, if you want to talk about arm strength, that is Pat all day Patrick Mahomes all day but accuracy he's got to go with Tua and a bunch of people were all up in arms and they're like no 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 that's not true da, 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 da. how how could you say that um well he did and I'm gonna argue he's right but it's close um I think that Tua is more accurate I do understand why people think that it's Patrick, though. Uh, Patrick does have a tendency to throw deeper passes, which one could argue is why Tua's completion percentage is higher. So Tua has the better completion percentage. Uh, I took last year's completion percentages, and it's not you can go check me on this, but I did not like cherry pick Tua's highest and Pat's lowest or something. No, actually, I think this stat for Pat was actually his highest 
or maybe his second highest, but it wasn't his lowest by any means. It was definitely an improved stat. And so I'm going to use that stat for Patrick Mahomes. And that's the same for these next-gen stats that I brought up. They're all from 2021 because 2022 season is not really that great of a sample size right now. Two is injured, what have you. Um, so Tua, 67.8% completion rate. Patrick Mahomes, 66.3% completion rate. Definitely very close, very, very uh, impressive as well. And uh, here... Tua throws, he's the second least in the league to throw 25-plus yards. Uh, so he doesn't throw the deep ball a lot. He was asked about this in an interview, and he said it came down to Brian Flores' play calling. Didn't call for it a lot. Uh, he also said that... Um, he, he just likes to play safe ball, and that's understandable. Maybe he just didn't feel comfortable throwing the deep ball, and he didn't want the turnovers, especially when everyone online was calling him to a turn to ball over. So uh, I understand why that. However, when he did throw the deep ball, he had the highest completion rate of anyone in the NFL, and that could be because he threw it the least, but... He completed 50% of his deep balls. That is more than anyone else in the NFL um, who's thrown 25-plus yard passes. That's according to next-gen stats and ESPN's stats. I double-checked it to make sure they were both right. Um, also, something I found interesting was Tua had the longest completed air distance of 55.1 yards. That's total air the ball traveled before the receiver caught it. And Pats was 54.7. So Tua actually did throw a further air distance than Pat last season on his longest ball. Um, take that however you will. I just thought that was interesting. I do think Tua does lack the arm strength because I have noticed that his receivers have to kind of come back to the ball sometimes. He's not always able to catch them in stride. But I think he was improving on that. That was something that he was doing a bit better of this season as he was building chemistry with Tyreek. And Tyreek kind of was realizing what speed he needed to go at to kind of be with Tua in the ball. Same with Jalen Waddle. I, I really wish Tua wouldn't have gotten hurt. I mean, I'm not just saying that because, well, obviously, I, I am saying that because he's a person. But I really wish Tua had not gotten hurt. I do like him. I am a fan of his. I just really wanted to see how this played out statistically between him and Patrick Mahomes. But I do see where people are like, hey, Tua doesn't throw the deep ball as much. It's easier to complete shorter passes. Pat throws the deep ball, and those fall off more often. That's, yeah, okay, that's fair. But Tyreek's argument wasn't, hey, this guy had this guy Tua is more accurate and he throws the deep ball. If he had said he has a more accurate deep ball, that would probably well that actually was true. That is true. We've just covered that. He covered he completes it 50% of the time. So Patrick, I mean, he probably is if you break down sample size and do all the math and everything, uh, probably is the more accurate one, but if 
Tyreek is just looking at the stats, looking at, hey, Tua has the better completion percentage. He also has the longest completed air distance. And he throws, um, of his 25-plus yard passes, 50% of them are completed. Hey, this dude's super accurate. I'm going to love this guy. That makes sense. But uh, I might have to come to the ball, back to the ball a couple times. I know that. Um, that's fine. You can work on arm strength in the gym. You can do that. Accuracy is technique. That's much harder to change. But we've seen guys do it. Josh Allen's done it. Jalen Hurts has done it. Tua could do it too. Uh, a lot of these wide receivers also have to get used to having a left-handed quarterback throw to them. Because you might not think much of it, but you're kind of used to it coming from one side, and then it starts coming from the other side, and you've got to turn a different way because the ball's coming from that direction. So as his receivers get used to it, as Tua gets used to his receivers and that chemistry builds, I think Tua does have potential to be a great starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in this offense if he comes back. I hope he comes back because he has a lot of haters, and I really have no reason to dislike Tua. I really want them to prove him wrong. I don't have anything against Patrick Mahomes either, really. Uh, some people seem to think that I do because I said I liked Josh Allen more than Patrick Mahomes, but I don't dislike Patrick Mahomes. I think he's super fun to watch. So, uh, is Tua the more accurate quarterback? Yes. Is he better at throwing the deep ball than Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. Patrick Mahomes has the arm strength. Yes, Tua has completed more downfield, but Patrick Mahomes does it more often. So, you know, percentages are weird. Stats are weird. You kind of have to look at them in context of what they are. So I'm with Tyreek. Uh, Pat has more arm strength. Tua has m more accuracy. Tua does need to work on uh, holding on to the ball better, though, and making sure he's not turning it over, which I felt like he was doing a pretty good job these first four games. And, uh, yeah, so that's just a little kind of sample of what the – Wednesday episode is going to look like with the analytics that was an old story so I didn't really dive too far into it but I, I will try to kind of watch comment sections to see what people are arguing about and kind of talk about it because maybe you're interested maybe you could care less but um, that's kind of what Wednesday's episode is going to be kind of breaking down these things that people say are crazy and seeing if there's any truth to them and as we've established today, there is some truth to what Tyreek Hill said with Tua being more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. And uh, so that's going to be it for today's episode. I'm going to go work out. It is shoulder back day. And uh, you know the drill. Follow me on Instagram at nobuts underscore show. If you enjoyed the show, uh, share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Tell people about it. If you didn't like the show... Don't tell anyone you hated it. I mean, just be nice, please. I'm uh, really enjoying doing this. It's a fun little hobby. If that's all it is, is a hobby, that's fine. But I would love to do this as a job one day. So I appreciate any feedback, any help you can give me, and any shares you give. Uh, Instagram, once again, is nobutts underscore show. Twitter is josh underscore butts underscore 2001. And the email is bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. And I appreciate everyone for listening, and I hope everyone has a great day. We are going to be over in three, two, one.